That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited. I have Naomi with me today, who I talk about on the podcast a lot. <laughs> so it'll be good to have you. How are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. I'm so, so thrilled to be here. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm just really, really proud of you. I know we've been working together for a while. And this is like such a moment for me as your coach to be interviewed on your podcast that you built. And I'm just so excited. I know. So funny. We've known each other for, oh my God. I don't know, since before the pandemic, right? Or maybe oh, yeah. during the pandemic. I don't remember. I think you reached out to me originally for my One Fit Future program, which yeah. was the fitness and nutrition program. And at the end of the day, decided, we both decided it probably wasn't a great fit. However, yeah. we still work together and I helped you through some nutritional stuff you were working through. Yeah, that was probably like 2000. Definitely pre pandemic. 2019 into 2020. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember (laughs) I got on a call with you and I was like, this isn't the right thing, but I still want to work with you. Like, how do we do that? (laughs) Yep. And that's so, that's like that, that can transfer over also into like the business coaching space as well. Like, I've, I've had people and I'm sure you have or will have people saying, like, I don't want this offer. Like, I don't need this in my business right now, but like, I want to be in your presence and energy and I want your (laughs) guidance. So that's why as entrepreneurs, it's amazing because we get to decide how we want to work with someone if they're the right fit. So, yeah, I, I love that. So tell my audience what you do. Sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, I have been a personal trainer for about 11 years. I have my BS in exercise science, uh, super passionate about fitness. I knew exactly what I wanted to study. I worked in the corporate world for eight years and I knew I was never built for the corporate world of fitness. I just saw my life flash before my eyes. I wanted more flexibility. I wanted, you know, kids and a relationship and all these things that I found really, really difficult when I was training 10, you know, 10, 11 sessions a day. So in 2017, I left the corporate fitness world and broke off on my own into the world of entrepreneurship to run my own personal training business and loved it. So, you know, grateful for all my clients who I still train to this day. However, I just wasn't fixing that, you know, burnout problem that I still felt. Um, So I hired a coach and I decided to run an online course and that opened my eyes to the world of online business and online entrepreneurship. And I felt so, I became so passionate about my fitness and nutrition course and online courses in general. And people were reaching out to me left and right, asking me how I was building this course and what I was doing. And so I said to myself, all these people are asking me how I built this course. I decided that in 2000. 
20, it was 2020, the end of 2020, I made a pivot into business coaching to help other burnt out entrepreneurs create their own online course to help them gain some passive revenue, uh, passive income, and to reach more people, impact more lives, and just really create successful online businesses. So I wear many hats. I still have a personal training business. I also have a business coaching business, and I love wearing many hats. I'm also a new mom, and so I'm navigating all these things, but I, I love the many hats and my clients and community. I feel the same because I obviously do design work and I do some Canva coaching. Like I have uh, another Canva presentation I'm doing for a company next week. Um, and even though I'm not like pushing that, I still love Canva stuff, but then I'm also doing the business coaching. stuff. So I yeah. feel like I'm like in a similar trajectory Absolutely. as you in terms of like, I like doing many things at once. Yes. It's yeah, fun. I just, it's so fun. And it's, I just, you know, put up a post the other day about being multi-passionate because I think a lot of people are multi-passionate, but they kind of, they push it under the rug because they feel like they can't do like many things or two different passions and you absolutely can. And, you know, if you're running an online business, you just take your audience along for the ride and you can absolutely to do two, three different things and do them all successfully. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm figuring out myself. So the question I want to ask you first is about your business name and where the one fit oh came from, because that's very, I don't know, everyone knows that, uh, that name for you. And then also along the same lines, how I know your story visually like coming up with logos and all that stuff but if you could speak to that part of the journey that would mm. be awesome because I think a lot of people can relate to that yeah sure so shout out to Kristen Mann Designs because <laughs> my current logo for one fit biz and one fit you know whatever you designed for me you helped me kind of bring this vision to life um so one fit, yes. So in 2009, I so my first job out of college, I was working in a corporate health management job. So basically, I ran a corporate, I ran a fitness center that was inside of a corporate company. And while it was really great as a first job out of school, there was a lot of downtime where I was just sitting at a computer. Um, and I got really invested in going on these oxygen magazine forums. So oh. Oxygen Magazine was like my Bible, lived and breathed it, fitness, nutrition. I got into fitness competitions that way. And I, I had this whole like online friends circle and all of them had blogs. And I was like, I want to, I want to start a blog. I can share my workouts. I can share my recipes. I can share my life. And like, this is going to be fun. And it gave me something to do at work. I would, you know, turn the lights on, say hi to the members. And then I'd go sit on my blog and on the magazine forums. And I called it one fit foodie because I loved cooking. I loved sharing recipes. I loved healthy lifestyle, all of that. And I just came up with the name one fit foodie and my blog absolutely took off in a way that I had no idea it would. I got you know, sent free food and I gained a whole community of people. And so I just kind of went with one fit foodie and I had my blog. I mean, you can still Google one fit foodie. You can read my blog, my first entry from 2009. It's amazing. Wow. Um, and so I just kind of went with one fit foodie and that's how people knew me. That's how I was recognized. Um, and then Instagram came around. I just, I still was one fit foodie through and through. Um, 
in 2019, I rebranded myself a little bit to become Naomi Rothstein LLC because that is my name and that's how I wanted to register my business. So I still felt sad about completely getting rid of the one fit foodie. Mm -hmm. And so I chose to kind of still have that tagline and make it because I knew that's how people recognize me still. So I still kind of kept it through my programs and courses and you'll see it to this day. Uh, My workout program I created is called one fit bod. My business course is called one fit biz. Um, You made a shirt, you made um, a branded onesie for my um, daughter that says one fit baby. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's the one fit tagline. Mm -hmm. And then you asked about logo. Um, Now, do you want me to touch upon my opinion on the importance of logo? Well, I just, I've I've talked about it before myself. Like I, even as a designer, I didn't really focus on my logo in the beginning. So I think that's important. And I know that you feel the same. (laughs) Absolutely. And actually there's, I have shared many times on my Instagram about the many faces I've had for one fit booty. When I had my blog, I hired, I think four different people every time I wanted to do a rebrand of my blog. And every single time the logo was so different, like (laughs) so different. I like the colors were different. One was pink and blue and one was red with an apple. And one was just like a manic, like they were so different. And every time I was just like, sure, sounds good. Sure. Sounds good. And I think it was in that moment that I realized like a logo doesn't really matter in growing a successful business because through the many faces of one fit foodie that I had, I never lost a follower because of what my logo was. And when I broke off on my own in 2017, I didn't have a logo yet for my business, you know, Naomi Rothstein personal training. And I just made one on Canva. And that's where my business lived for two years and it thrived. And it wasn't until two years ago, I think when I reached out to you at, you know, this far along in my journey to be like, Hey, I think I should maybe have a logo at this point. And so that was, that was that, but it is not the end all and be all of your business at all. No. And I feel like a lot of people just, they think in the beginning, it's so important. That's like the first thing they need and then they can start their business, but it's so much more important to dive in and start figuring out those things like your ideal client and who you want to help and why and how you're going to do it because that all informs what your logo should look exactly. like. Like <laughs> you need it's all so that. True. It's so true. And that's how I felt with one fit biz, honestly, because, you know, and I know when I talk to you to be like, Hey, Kristen, can you help me? And the first, you know, you asked me questions like, what is the feel you want to give? Like, do you want it more feminine or do you want it more masculine? And I was like, interesting. These are really interesting questions. And I'm glad I didn't do this earlier because now that I have a handle on who the ideal client is for one fit biz and the type of people I want to attract into the course that reflects in my logo. And it's bold and it's capital letters and it's a little feminine, but a little masculine because it's open to all genders, all people, all individuals. And so I had a look in my mind and you helped me bring that logo to life essentially. Yeah. And the process was so easy because you knew the answers to those questions. Like you didn't have to dig that hard because you had done the work and you had had, I don't know, one cohort or I don't know, like you, you, you knew what I was like in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You, you had an idea of what you wanted, which always makes for the easiest. (laughs) So you mentioned this a little bit, but what led you to entrepreneurship? I know you mentioned burnout. What's the story there? 
Like what was the the final moment or final thing where you were like, I got to do this? Yeah. Well, I should, I should start by saying entrepreneurship. It runs in my family hugely. My entire mom's side of the family is in the coffee business. My uncle started a coffee business from ground zero. So I have always, I'm talking about since I was like, I mean, since I was born, but we would, you know, travel to Costa Rica. And I just remember like sitting in the, in the, uh, um, the coffee plantation, like just seeing my, my cousins and my, my family, you know, run this business. So I've, I've always been through, and my dad, although he's not an entrepreneur is very entrepreneurial. Like he has all of the qualities that an entrepreneur, you know, what we think of. And he always, both my parents always said, you know, we love you no matter what you choose to do and what, and I always just felt that, especially in the personal training space, there was no way I love personal training with every part of my being, but there was no way that I could have a sustainable career and a family and a relationship and, and all the things that I want in terms of experiencing life and work in a corporate gym. There's just, there's no way. So I knew early on, this is going to be a great stepping point for me in who I want to work with and building a business. Cause I do think being inside of a corporate gym is so incredible in the beginning for building community and business. And, um, they help you so much and I have nothing but amazing things to say about it. However, I just knew it wasn't meant for me in the long term. So I got really scrappy, honestly. And I think starting one fit booty, my blog helped with that. Talking Mm -hmm. to people helped with that. Um, being really engaged in what I was doing, knowing that, I can do what I love in a different capacity and I'm going to make it work. I think there's something about entrepreneurs that are just scrappy. You're like, I'm going to make this work. I want this lifestyle. I want this flexibility and freedom in my schedule and it's going to work. So um, I gave my, when I gave my notice, I actually, um, they convinced me to stay on. They said, you know, I went into the office and I said, this is it. Like, you know, and I put pieces in place to take my clients elsewhere to, you know, start that. And they actually convinced me to stay on for six more months at a part-time rate. Mm -hmm. So I stayed on and I got really resentful because I was like, I tried to quit. I tried to do this. Like I wanted to do this and I I'm still here. And then six months went by and I finally was like, put in the sand. I need to, I need to do this for me. And it's hard to break away as you know. Um, but I just knew that I was destined to not be in a box. I'm just too creative. (laughs) I always want to create. So that's also a sign. Yeah. You're one of the most creative people I know. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Thank Um, you. I had a similar, not upbringing, but my uncle owned a pizza shop in mm-hmm. my town and I practically grew up there and I don't think I really give that experience enough credit because growing up I was like oh anything's possible like my uncle Mike has a pizza shop like yep. I could have a pizza shop and I yep. think that's I don't know that not that that's like a key thing in my life that I think about but I do think it's important to understand like how your surroundings affect you and your mindset for sure. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of times you see like a lawyer and their parents are lawyers or a doctor and their parents are doctors. It's like, yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. That makes, that's, that makes total sense. You're, you know, my, my husband's parents are both academic and he is studied physics and he, you know, they're just like more academic. And he actually said to me when we, well, not when we first met, this was years after we were dating, but he said like, I always, I never, I never imagined I would like end up with an entrepreneur because that's just not 
what I was brought up around. I thought right. I would end up with like an academic type, a teacher, something like that. And so, but here we are. <laughs> but here we are. Life yeah. is funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is a pet peeve you have about your industry? I know you have many, but oh let's my God. Talk, about, pet- talk about one or two or whatever. <laughs> this is like my good morning to everybody except <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, about my industry. Okay. Um, in the, I'm assuming you want me to touch upon the business coaching industry. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you want. Yeah, yeah probably. That's um, seems more relevant here. Um, yeah. I marketing, you know, marketing tactics where the, where a business coach is making someone feel bad for not signing up with them saying that it sounds like this course isn't a priority right now for you. When in fact it might not be a priority for that person. Right. And that's not a bad tr- thing. <laughs> no, like you don't know. You could be, you know, this person could be talking to someone who's going through postpartum depression or just lost their home or their husband just lost their job and they literally don't have the money or they're helping a sick parent or child. And you know what? Your course isn't a priority. And that doesn't mean down the road that the course, that this person might not sign up with you. But when I see coaches trying to convince and make people feel bad for not enrolling with them, that rubs me the wrong way completely. Um, Also the whole money scare tactic in, you know, and, and I, I think there's a fine line between using money as, you know, showing how successful someone is and, you know, you wanting to be in their energy and learning how they can create that income. But when coaches give off the vibe that this is so easy and you can make a hundred K in your first month or 10 K and that's a little extreme, but you can make 10 K in your first month. Let me show you how, yes, that is possible. And it takes a lot of effort and reps and time to build that up. So yes, it is possible for you to make five, 10, 20 K a month, but don't be fooled that all of a sudden overnight, it's going to happen. There is a huge learning curve to make that happen. And I think that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in the business coaching industry where coaches don't talk about the behind the scenes of the 80 hour weeks they put in of the hiring out of the privilege they have to hire out and all of those things. Yeah, of course. I wasn't making 10 K months until like three and a half years in (laughs) it. And it takes more than just strategy. There's so much more that goes into it. You need to, you know, charge more, you need to work less. Like there's so many things Mm -hmm. and that always bothers me. And I know I I struggle to talk about money too, because I don't want anyone to feel that like they should be at a certain place and to compare themselves to me. And I think there's a difference between being like, I, I make 10 K months and I can show you what I do. Right. Rather than people being like, if you take this course, you will make $10,000 a month. Like it's the language change is important. 
Yeah, it's so true. And I actually just put up on my Instagram stories today, just before this call, because I am thinking of hosting a free masterclass because I'm running a course called Love Your Launch soon in March. And I was thinking about doing a free masterclass, teaching people the strategies I used to sell out this launch of One Fit Biz. So I'm not sitting there saying, this is going to happen for you. What I'm only, what I'm simply trying to do is show you the strategies I used this time around that made it different for me. And I think that there's a lot of insight in that. And I actually attended a masterclass of a coach hosting a similar webinar um, because I wanted to learn from her. I wanted to learn her strategies and what worked for her. So I, you know, it's again, like you said, it's the language. Yeah. And also just recognizing that what works for some people isn't going to work for you and being able to tease through that and not make yourself feel like you're failing because something isn't working for you because we're all different. Mm -hmm. So my, the question I always ask people is, do you have trouble infusing your personal life into your business? And I know the answer (laughs) to this for you, but I'd love to hear about like your journey and sharing personal stuff. Cause I know you had the blog, so that probably made it a little easier to do when Instagram came around, but I'm curious. Yeah. People ask me this a lot. Like, how do I open up? What do I even share? Where do I start? Right. Like I'm working with that, um, with, through that with my one fit biz students. And for me, you know, I could sit here and say, it's so easy. Just put your phone on and like cook your griddle, like cook your eggs. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Like, I don't understand. But what you said is you are, what you said to me about one fit foodie is you're hundred percent right. I have literally been sharing so openly about my life and my personal life and things that I've gone through my fitness competitions. When I got really sick in 2012 and had, um, life altering surgery, like every single thing that has happened in my life, I share very openly. And I started doing that over 10 years ago. So when Instagram came out, it, for me, it was like, Oh, cool. This is just another platform and another way to almost share a diary of my life. And I think that sharing parts of your life, parts of one's life is so important in building connection with your audience. If you're, especially if you're trying to sell something and you're trying to impact people because you have no idea at the end of the day, why someone is going to choose to work with you. It could be because I will give this as an example. I have two moms in one fit biz this round. I don't think I've ever had two like young mothers slash one of them just had a baby in January. And she sees me as this new mom running a course, doing all the things. And it gave her some inspiration to be like, I can do this too. And I, and that's probably, I mean, obviously maybe she liked my content as well, but she saw me in that light because I was so open about my pregnancy. I was so open about being a full-time mom and a full-time parent and sharing these pieces of my life. And so When you, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't even know what, like, who's going to want to hear this. People want to hear it. And people are always watching and listening to you in a good way. I don't mean that in like a creepy way, (laughs) but just because, right. Just because you have 10 likes on a post doesn't mean that no one's watching and listening to what you're doing. And that person watching from the sidelines, those are the people that are going to sign up to work with you. Guaranteed. Always. They always come out of the woodwork. Hey, Naomi, I've been following you for two years and I'm ready to sign up. And you're like, who 
are you? <laughs> Who are you? Forgot about you. <laughs> right. So just start, like share something about your day. Everything you do in your day can be documented. Obviously it shouldn't be, but it can be just show behind the scenes of your work, what you're eating for lunch, what your workout is. If you're a nutrition coach, what project you're working on for a client, if you're a VA or a Canva brand, you know, branding expert. Yeah. I had someone sign up for my first boot camp, and not that I forgot about her by any means as a human being, but I she had never liked anything, commented anything, and she was like, "Yeah, I screenshot your stuff all the time," and I'm like, "You screenshot? <laughs> like, what do you mean, Kristen? So like everyone, I have a shrine of you on my wall. <laughs> like everyone consumes social media differently. Like some people will share things, some people will like it. Like I know that I." I've definitely been guilty of doing this, but I'll share someone's post in my story and then I won't even like their post. Like I'll just forget because I've just shared it. And I'm like, this yep. is, this is good. People should see this. Um, yep. So like the analytics are not that they're like bullshit by any means, but I feel like people get like so hyped up on um, and focused on the analytics when really it's not about that. Like people no. are seeing your stuff all the time and yep. they care. And the, the personal stuff that people share, like when I share things about my gecko and like Dylan, oh, like when you do those, that. those get like <laughs> the gecko. most interaction. It's always, always the personal stuff always. So yep. it definitely does make a difference for sure. Oh, your gecko. I love when you're like about to go to bed, but playing with my, like playing with Bria first. <laughs> I don't know what's up with her lately. She's been mad at me. She hasn't oh. like wanted to come out. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully she, <laughs> she gets going through it. Yeah. Just having a few days. She's yeah, having a there. moment. Having a moment. <laughs> so what has been the biggest struggle getting into entrepreneurship for you? What have you struggled with the most? Ooh. Um, I think that, and I, you know, sometimes I still struggle with this as well, but um, I think in the beginning it was a combination of thinking like I should be doing things and what I was creating and what I was doing and certain things that I was doing on Instagram, um, you know, to promote myself or my business or offers. I had a lot of self-doubt and I questioned everything because I always felt like I should, like they're all doing it like this. I should be doing it this way. Can I actually do something this way? And I would like shut that thought down and be like, probably not because it has to be done this way. So pretty much what I'm trying to say is like thinking that there was only one way to do things. And I think that there can be a lot of brainwashing in this industry as well when you do hire a coach and the coach can say, this is how it's done. This is the only way to do it. And so you think, and I had a little bit of this and my first coach was incredible. I love, you know, she helped me so much, but I think that it was my first taste into hiring a business coach into the space. And I figured that after I stopped working with her, I still was like, well, this is what she said. So this is the only way, like, I can't just lower the price or I can't raise the price or I can't not, I can't have calls just in a Facebook group. I have to do it on zoom because mm -hmm. this is what I was told. And really I, I realized you can do anything you want and the more you take your audience into account. So I learned to stop creating from a place of I should, and mm -hmm. this is the only way it can be done, but rather what does my audience need? How can I serve them in the best way that this information will resonate with them and they will learn and they will take in the information. So always taking your audience into account, never creating from a place of 
I have to create this because it's the best program ever, but rather taking it to them saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you like A or B? Would you like it in this way or this way? Two calls a week, one call a week. And creating from a place, simply listening to your audience Mm -hmm. is, and, and shutting out the noise of it has to be done this way. Like if you launch a course and the launch, you got maybe one or two signups, that's not a fail. What happens is you go through your launch with a fine tooth comb. You figure out what worked, what you can improve. You tweak it, you reinvent it, and then you launch it again. You don't just throw away the program because you think the program sucked. The program was probably incredible. Right. It's but, probably just like a few things that you need to change. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Struggle I, know I had like, and still have sometimes. Yeah. There's two things that you tell us all the time. One of them being like, if you're giving advice or you're telling us something that you do, you say, this is what I do and it works exactly. for me, but it has to work for you. Like take it or leave it. And then you also say like on repeat. And this is something that I have in my head all the time is do what feels good. Like, does this feel good to you? So like anytime I'm setting a price or I'm trying to figure out like my schedule, I'm like, does this feel good? And then if it doesn't feel good, I'm like, then I need to reassess it. (laughs) It's, it's so true. And I, I, yes, you're right. I do ask that to all. And I, and I, on my current one fit is call, you know, I will always give them suggestions and I'm saying, this is how I would phrase it. That doesn't mean that's how you have to phrase it. If that doesn't sound like you and I'm actually dealing, uh, dealing, I'm actually going through this right now as I am revamping my love your launch course. I originally put it out in a certain way and I slapped a certain price point on it and I want, and it didn't after like a week, it just, I was sitting with it and it didn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't, there was something about the price point that felt a little too high, not to say it's not worth that, but I wanted to make it more accessible to who I know my current audience is right now. And so therefore I changed the price point, which meant I also changed the program a little bit because if I'm lowering the price point, that means there's not as much of me there. Because whenever you are more involved as a coach, you can always raise the price. But I was going through this and I was like, this doesn't feel good to me. Like something feels off. And if something feels off, it means that you probably should change something and can change something. Yeah, absolutely. I know when I, I was thinking of running my brand clarity bootcamp again, and I was sitting on it for like weeks (laughs) and I was like, I should run this again. It was a success and people loved it and it was helping people. And I had the best feedback. So like, why is, is this so sticky? And yeah. then I had to come to terms with the fact that I wanted to do this business coaching thing instead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think anyone who's creating anything, going through entrepreneurship, running a business, like there's going to be those moments where you're like, I should be doing this or I should Absolutely. launch this again, but it's not feeling good. And you have to really like self-reflect, I guess. Yeah. And it's funny because they're, they're like, for, I'll just give you an example. Also on that, I ran, I created a fitness course, a 12 week fitness program called one fit bod. And it, you know, I built it for the second time by taking into account my audience. It did amazing. I had over 40 people sign up for it and purchased it. Um, private Facebook group community, all follow along videos. It was more work than I've ever done in my life for any program. Like it was so much work. And I said to myself, great, done, like done and done. And I still to this day have some people asking me, are you going to make a second one? Are you going to make a second one? And I absolutely could make a second one, right? Like some people are asking for it, but I 
it doesn't feel good right now in this space in my life, in my business to spend so much time creating another workout program that literally it, it drained a lot of energy from me creating it. Um, I love it. I love it and love the final product. And maybe down the road, I will make a second edition, but it, it didn't feel aligned with me right now to create another edition of it. Right. You were in a totally different place in your life when you created that. And you probably had way more time because you're oh my like God. Said, a mom now. Yeah. A new mom, yeah. So. That's that's the other part of it. It was like I just I was like thinking back to when it was like all Saturday, Sundays, I would film right. and then during the and, and I could and I had the time. And it and I just don't I don't have that time, physical space, time, any of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's smart. So I want to get into the, the weird questions. So oh, we, yes. we talked about this very briefly before we started. I'm wondering if you <laughs> changed your mind or what, but what would you be if you were a car? Any idea? Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. We did talk about this because I said offline, I was like, Kristen, I don't know what car I would be. Like, I really don't. And um, something you brought to my attention, which is true. And I think this is both of us is I wear many hats. I love to wear many hats. So I don't know if I would pick one car. I think that I would lease a car for, you know, a couple years and then I would go on to the next one. And I'm not like, and in, in reality, like I'm not a big car person. I know some people are like car people and like, Ooh, oh, yeah. I'd be an Audi or a Tesla or Mercedes. Like <laughs> I just want a car that is safe and will get me from point A to point B. And then after a few years, I can trade it in and upgrade to something else. And that's, that's kind of where I'm at with the car. So I don't have a specific make model, but I want something that after a couple of years, I can trade it in and get something new. Yeah, that's fun. I no one said the, the the no one's brought up the leasing part of this before, so that's very interesting. Yeah, and I wouldn't yeah. have thought of that. So very unique, <laughs> creative, so creative. <laughs> so when was the last time someone said either "Wow, that's so on brand for you" or "Wow, that's Ooh. so you"? Something along those lines, because I feel like our people and our audience and the people that we surround ourselves with in like real life in quotations, like they know us well, like they know what our brand is because they're seeing it from the outside. Um, um, it's well, I, this is like an actual like tactical example. So I took the okay. one fit, the one fit baby you, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the one, so I made a bunch of onesies because I am, I'm, you know, side note, I have five personal training clients right now, all who are pregnant. Oh, um, God. so yeah, I trained them all through their wedding and now they're all having babies. Um, so I took the logo and I slapped it on a onesie and I ordered five of them and I gave it like I gifted a one fit baby onesie to all of them. And it was, that was like, Oh my God, Naomi, this is so like, this is so you, this is so on brand, the one fit baby. Like that's so, so that's like a tactical um, example. If that's, I I'm trying to think of like, I know this is hard for people, especially in the moment. But I always frame it as like when people are sending you things on Instagram, like things like oh, that. Like, what are they yeah. sending? Like what kinds of things? What kind of content? Like I think of your dog when I think of you. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, uh, a lot of people these days, because I've been doing the good morning to everyone except, yep. and I've been like picking out a pet peeve of mine every day. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, like everyone has things that annoy them. Like, I think I could do one a day and it's, and so people have been sending me sometimes, um, like good morning to everybody except, and they're tagging me. So they're, yeah, I did that know, once. They, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they're thinking of me when they do that. And I will say the one I did yesterday created a lot of conversation. It was about good morning to everybody, except people who don't hold their, um, who don't store their nut butter upside down. So the oil oh my you God. Know, mixes in and people were like blown away. They were I, like, I was. <laughs> what? Yes. I got many messages, like more than like six so or smart. seven messages being like, wait, what is this madness? And I was like, yeah, try it out. <laughs> so, so smart because yeah. I, I'm one of those people who like Dylan gets mad at me because like we get the Teddy's peanut butter and it's not mixed. And if he doesn't open it before I do, I like try and mix it, right. but it gets like everywhere and it's never equal. And he knows Upside that down, I baby. did it. So yeah. <laughs> I should tell him that that's what we should do. That's so yep. smart. <laughs> Upside down. Yeah. yeah. So that's, those little that's things, people yeah. get so hyped up about. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> but it builds engagement. That's the, that's the key, right? They're thinking. Yeah, you get you. known. Exactly. And then you get known for it. And, and I think also like my reels uh, tend to be really like sarcastic and sassy. Yep. And I've actually gotten um, someone messaged me once and was like, Naomi, I just had a situation with a client um, or excuse me, uh, someone, they had a networking call. It was actually similar to a situation. I think you had Kristen, which I'm not going to oh, talk yeah. about openly here, but they just yeah. had a call with someone and they thought it was going to be a networking type call. And it ended up that this person was trying to get this woman to sign up for her, his like 30 K oh. mastermind. And she felt really icky about it. And she messaged me and she said, I feel like you should create a reel about this because oh, wow. she sees yeah. my reels and um, how they're a little sassy and a little, they couldn't be triggering in a good way. And so she said, I, I feel like you should take this situation and make it into a reel. Yeah. Sassy is definitely a good word for yeah. your content for sure. Yep. Yeah. I always describe your coaching as no bullshit. Yep. That's <laughs> what you're not the only one, but that's, yeah, that's, I mean, you gotta be known for some things, you know? For sure. So this kind of goes into the next question. I always ask people about like a childhood story or how they were as a kid and if it's the same as they are now or has it changed at all? Because I feel like that's such a fun comparison to make. Hmm. Have you always been um, sassy and no bullshit? I, I don't want to say I've always been like sassy, but I am stubborn. I, yep. I'm stubborn and I, I definitely get that I think from my dad, um, like if, if I, if I'm, and I'm, I can be very, and I have always been this way impulsive, which mm -hmm. I, as a business owner, I've been working on a lot more because I kind of takes, I take two breaths now, but when I want something or I want to do something, or I have an idea, I just do it. And sometimes it has actually hurt me in business because I have an idea and I just do it. And I spend literally like, I'll spend two days like creating this thing. And then <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, no, I don't like this idea or I didn't give it enough thought and I scrap it. And I, I have like a folder on my computer that is a lot of ideas that I've started and not, and not finished started mm. and not finished. So they're like half-ass ideas that I've spent a lot of time on and maybe I'll go back to them, but, um, I've always been quite impulsive. Um, mm -hmm. and I think, 
that's also, I don't know, I think it can be a good thing in entrepreneurship, but definitely stubborn. Like I have, and it's something I'm working on. Like I have a way I'm, I'm going to do it like this and I don't care what you say. It's going to happen like this. So that's, yeah, I've always been stubborn, impulsive. <laughs> I can, I can go too fast. Like, you know, mm-hmm. always fast. trying to like Coming go to the hot. next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can Coming. identify with that, especially because Coming in like, hot. I'm a designer, so I feel like I have the skills to get things done really quickly. Whereas some people who don't know how to use Canva or whatever, like the technology part of it, they're like, it's going to take me forever. I'm like, this is going to take an hour and I do it. And then I'm like, why did I make this? Like, who is this for? So I, I feel, I totally feel that way about creating things. Like I've talked to a friend who's an entrepreneur as well. And she once gave me the idea to create like a freebie for uh, setting out a podcast. I think I sent Mm -hmm. it to you in the beginning, Kristen. Yeah, it helped me. I created that freebie probably in an hour and a half. And she, I sent it to her and she was like, this would take me like two weeks. And I was like, I just sat down and did it all. Like, (laughs) and so it's like when I have an idea and I do it and sometimes it can help me, but sometimes it can also hurt me. So I just have to be careful about that. Yeah. I totally can relate to that for sure. So last question about humor. So I, I asked people, the funniest thing they've ever witnessed, but they have trouble with that because they're like the funniest thing. That's a really hard question to answer. So is there anything funny that's happened recently? Anything coming to mind? Because I think someone's sense of humor tells a lot about them. Something funny. My husband's in the other room. I could ask him what's something funny. It probably like has to do with our daughter, honestly. Well, I was thinking the same Um, thing. I'm like, if she doesn't have anything to say about it, like Audrey. I mean, this isn't like. Pictures make me laugh so much. (laughs) There's just like situations as a new parent where you're just like, you throw your hands up and you're like, I'm not even mad. Like, I'm not like, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm not even mad. We just came back from Florida and she, on the way home, she peed like through every like every out she had on a onesie sweatpants sweat shirt peed through Impressive. everything like Andrew was holding her my husband was holding her on his lap and he picked her up for a second and there was like, just like a huge pee stain on his pants and then I picked her up she was just like covered in pee we took her you know we got home it was our flight home we came home and she like it was just like throw her in the bath and you can take those moments and you can be like, I'm exhausted after traveling with an infant. And like, I just want to go to sleep for four days. And this is like, what is my life? Or you can laugh and be like, I'm not even mad. Like I'm not (laughs) even mad. Um, so that was probably like the most recent um, situation. (laughs) Yeah. She's, and like, she's going through a phase now where she's just crying all the time during the day, doesn't want to nap. And like, we just, she just wants to be held and we just look at each other and we're like, what is, what is life what we're and doing? Then, yeah. 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 So that you have to ha- find the humor in those situations and also know when to give each other a break and to take a break and to say, I'm tapping out for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> Gotta find humor. On your story, like she was looking kind of upset in her stroller. And then oh, the next yeah. slide, oh, yeah. someone was holding Zoom her in. and she was like so happy. And I was like, oh, her face, she knows yeah. exactly what she's doing. Oh yeah. That was the other day. That was, that was a bad day. Yeah. No, I cried on that day. It was just, yeah, she's just, she cries, cries, cries. And you pick her up and she's like, ah. and you're like, you, yep. No, very you manipulative. Little... Little yep. Yeah, she cracks me up, but I'm not even there. I'm like, oh, smart girl. 
She's, oh, they're so, they're very smart. They're, they're manipulative. They're smart. They know exactly what they're doing and they usually get their way at this yeah. age. So it won't always be that way <laughs> right now. You got another thing coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Enjoy yep. it. Yep. Oh, well, thank you so much for. Wait, Kristen, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone asked you questions on your podcast? I I had one other person and it was a podcast person. So okay. Makes yeah. sense. It tracks. What? It, yeah, it tracks. Um, <laughs> what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone right now who is also, because I think this is like both me and you going through that like pivot into something else and wearing multiple hats. What's a piece of advice that you would give your audience about leaning into the pivot if they feel like they're kind of like destined for more or something else and being pulled, but they're resistant to it for whatever reason? I mean, I think it'd be similar advice to anyone starting a business. It's a similar situation, but like the thought in my head is always everything is temporary. And for some people, I think that might spark anxiety, but for me, it's very comforting because I'm like, well, this year I might be focusing more on my design work, but next year I could be focusing on business coaching. Like you just don't know. So embracing change, which is very difficult for me, but embracing Mm -hmm. that change and embracing the pivot and not like putting all your eggs in that basket. If it's uncomfortable for you, like you don't have to, like when, when I say pivot, you don't have to like completely abandon everything that you've already done and that you already have and created. It's more like adding something else. And you might get to the point where you're like, I can't physically do all three of these things anymore. I have to focus on two of them. But I think when you get to that point, it's going to be a little bit easier, but in the beginning, you just have to embrace it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, I like what you said about not, it's not like you have to get rid of one thing you're doing and pivot and completely squash it. Like both you and I, where you're both doing design work, I'm personal training. It's adding on something to diversify your career essentially. And I, I think for me, I kind of always said to myself, like, look, I can always have a successful personal training career. Like I can always find new clients. I can always do that. So if this thing doesn't work out or I go into it and I actually don't really like it, I know I can just go back to personal exactly. training like full, full time. And that's, that's the worst that could happen is exactly. I do my passion. I do my, one of my passions full time again. Like, and that's exactly, so that's yep. the same thing I tell everyone when they're starting a business and maybe not doing full time corporate world anymore. Like you can always go back. You know how yep. to get a full time job. You just apply, like you'll get right. <laughs> exactly. It might take some time, but there, there are options. It's not like the end of the world if something doesn't work out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And I feel like my advice, like it stays the same, but I, I feel like I have different pieces of advice depending on where I'm at in my business too, because that affects everything. Yeah. Would you say that you would be somewhere different if you didn't continually invest in your business? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I mean, I think one of the turning points was hiring a coach. Like I had thought about that for so long, Mm -hmm. but part of me was doing the should thing. Like I've been in business for three years. Do I need a coach? Like I should be fine by now. Like that was the the trap I was in, but. Oh, I was in that same trap. Yeah. Yeah. 
yes, I love you being in my community and helping you grow and seeing everything. Like, honestly, I've been with you through, I just got chills. I actually just got chills, but like seeing you, you know, start run your first online course, then create and create and create. And like, you have such a, you come from such a place of confidence and like, yes, you ask me questions and I help guide you, but like, I know, you know, the answers at the end of the day. And, you know, it just it, seeing, seeing how far you've come is just so awesome. And here you are interviewing me for your podcast. So, so. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like sometimes all we need is that one person being like, yes, you're on the right. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. <laughs> I will never not have a mentor or a coach and, and never. Too valuable, too Too valuable valuable to pass up. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, before we wrap up, I want to make sure you promote anything that you want to promote. Um, Well, right. Yeah. I mean, as you're listening to this, maybe I've launched Love Your Launch. Um, I'm planning for uh, mid-March. It was actually going to start March. It it is right now in my head. Going to start March 14th. It's going to be a four week long program. Um, One call a week, a private Facebook group. And each week we are talking about a different topic to get you super prepared, feeling confident um, about your launch, whether you have never launched before, or maybe you have, and it didn't go as well as you hoped. I love talking about launching. And so that is going to be love your launch. Um, we are right in the middle of one fit biz. So I'm not promoting, you know, you can always sign up for one fit biz where I help you create passive income and a group course. Um, and I always offer strategy sessions and one-on-one, um, longer length coaching with a three or six month commitment. So everything you can find on my Instagram page. Yes. And I highly recommend you follow her Instagram because it's chock full of value, but it's also very funny and you're, you're the greatest. Well, you're the greatest. Just (laughs) a whole ball of love here. Um, (laughs) thank you, Kristen so much. This was amazing. And you're a great interviewer. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. Just winging it every day over here. That's the name (laughs) of the game. That's entrepreneurship. That's it. No one knows what they're doing. I know. I know. We're (laughs) figuring it out. Well, thank you again. You're so welcome. All right. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you soon. Goodbye.